Welcome to another episode of New Savages Spirituality. I'm Simon. I'm John. Just two brothers on a journey. And tonight, John and I are going to talk about some books that have had um, real impact on us over the last few years with our um, kind of delving deeper into ourselves and, and kind of our spirituality. So John's going to kick off with the first book, I think. Yeah, I think... I think um... This, this, we, we've talked about doing this one for a little while, but I think this is going to be a really good one. Um, and my first book is, is like probably the most important book I've, I've ever read, which is um, the late John Bradshaw's Homecoming, which is reclaiming and championing your inner child. Mm. Um, and I, I, like I talk about this book to like literally everybody. Um, yeah. And, and if you're not a big reader, the great thing about this is you can actually watch bradshaw himself doing his pbs television program on youtube yeah yeah it's really good we've watched that together haven't we we have yeah um and this book is it is bradshaw breaking down the importance of our inner child and the importance of healing um our inner child but it's also got it's like a workbook as well isn't it because it's got like meditations in it and um, sort of elements that you can do to to help you on your journey, and and to be honest, I I, I find it like it's like my Bible. And mm. when, when we run the retreats, the bulk of the work is based around John Bradshaw's work. Um, yeah. So uh, he he really is a, a super important person t- for me. Um, and the world lost an amazing man when he passed, like sort of six years ago. But yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think. The thing that gets me with this is on the very cover of the copy that I have, and I think the same as yours, Simon, it has um, Billy, a quote from Billy Connolly. Um, right. And it says, uh, John Bradshaw's work did me immense good, and I think he is a genius. And I, I, yeah. think, I think Billy Connolly is a genius too, so great. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great claims, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it is just so important to me. I I think like if I, ever I see a copy in a charity shop or whatever, I always buy it, and then I can pass it on to people that I know who who I feel would benefit from it. So I, I know we've kind of touched on this before, but just for our listeners, like why would you say that um, doing inner child work is so important? Uh, I mean, basically, we're all carrying wounds that have stemmed from our childhood. And then we repeat them in adult life. And, and Bradshaw says it best is we take on a role to um, appease our carers, our main carers. Um, and we repeat that as we go through life in our you know, relationships with friends and in our intimate relationships and so on. And it's just vitally important to, to you know, heal that inner child because to, to quote Shrek, we're like onions. You know, we have layer after layer after layer. And yeah. as we sit here and we talk about our, our, our childhood traumas and our adult traumas even, you and I as, as grown men can analyze it and justify and validate it so that we know, although it's impacting on us, we can deal from heal with it. But there is still that child within us who doesn't understand those elements and why it happened. Um, yeah. And it's vitally important that we heal that inner child to allow us to do, you know, to grow, um, both, you know, emotionally and spiritually. 
Um, yeah. And, and Bradshaw is, is a remarkable man. He's, he's often quoted by a number of, of writers and, and, you know, people within the um, mental health and spiritual like community. So um, he's written a couple of books. I have his other, another one of his here, which is the, the family secrets, what you don't know can hurt you, um, mm. which is once again, a fascinating book. And um, it, it, it's just that, that inner work is so vital as we've discussed. And the inner child work is, is just a must. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, it's the perfect book to start with because yeah, it all starts there. Obviously it yes. is our childhood, but it, it all kind of, the healing starts there as well you it know, does, when yeah. we go back and it just you know well we both know my counselor um that you know i've spent a good number of years with and dip in and out with her yeah. from time to time and she always says when that voice is in your head what age are you at yeah. that you know when that voice is actually telling you this isn't okay i'm not okay or whatever i'm yeah. scared yeah and, and you can actually trace it back to these these kind of beliefs that we have these things that are yeah. trying to keep us safe actually we're not that child now but no it does those damage elements us of well. us we don't yeah, yeah we don't yeah. know we still feel like the little scared child yeah i mean a really good example that. sorry to interrupt you like like a, a really good example is last last podcast when we spoke to kim williams and we, yeah. were, we were talking about a lot of like the the poor behavior that a lot of these 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 guys are you know showing um it all stems back to that childhood yeah, you know, it's what they've learned from that era, that point. So, um, it, it, it's it's just a, like to me, it's it's probably one of the most important things I've ever read in my life. Um, well, my, thank you for that. It's beautiful, and and you know that I, I wax lyrical about it on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think what we're going to do anyway, we will put within the show notes. Um, yeah all of the books so that people can, you know, they don't need to write this down now. No, but yeah. No. And, and what we've chosen is a, a variety of books that have helped us. So hopefully there's at least one that will resonate oh, for, yeah, for, sure. for everyone. So for sure. Yeah. Well, the first book for me is so, so special because, um, well, we had Noah on, I think our second podcast, Noah Levine. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, a Buddhist teacher, amazing guy, 30 years strong into Buddhism. And I think we did tell the story of it then back. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> I think it was 2019, 2018, 2019, I think. Yeah. I think and so. I was kind of interested in Buddhism and I've been doing a lot of spiritual stuff, but I, I just, I suppose I wanted something that was going to maybe bind it together, something that was an overarching understanding for me. And I remember you saying, oh, yeah there's a, this dude um, who wrote a book called Dharma punks and yeah. I think it will resonate with you. I think you'll get it. And um, he's like us. He's our type. He's a skater. He's a surfer. He's tattooed. He rides motorcycles. And yeah, I got it. And then, and that was it. And like, after reading the book, who'd have thought that I'd then end up um, with having him teach me and like, hopefully one day I'll go over to California and meet him. So yeah, basically Dharma punks is his memoir. Um, it kind of tells the story of his upbringing, um, his struggles with addiction and how whilst in juvenile hall and looking like he might be sent down and actually in a suicidal state, he phoned up his father and um, his father's quite, or what, he unfortunately passed away, but he was a famous Buddhist himself and had written quite a few books. Um, and he said to him, like, try mindfulness. 
And, you know, he'd actually, he literally was in this, a padded cell that was stop. You know, they were stopping him. He was on suicide watch and yeah. stuff. And he just found a tiny bit of respite from mindfulness, just a little, like, glimpse of sunshine in the pain that was his own mind this kind of ability to slightly detach from his thoughts and didn't look back from them became sober and as i said 30 years as a meditation yeah. teacher he actually the juvenile hall that he was in serving he used to go back to as a, a teacher there and teach mindfulness and kind of a refuge recovery type path and so yeah really important book to me and really an interesting story and the thing for me about Noah and the book that resonates so much is that there's no kind of holier than now. He's not like, I'm no. so spiritual. I know what I'm, he's just, I'm like a dude who was looking to suffer less, who didn't yeah. enjoy his life, had spent his first 16, 17 years feeling suicidal, actually genuinely thinking that he wanted to end his life, hating his life. And he just has found a way to, to give back. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, He's a remarkable he's been, dude, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's really something special. So, yeah, that's my first book, really. Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of many, to be fair. He's um, he's done Refuge Recovery, which part of his work is really important to him, the 12 steps and people, yeah. their ability to recover. Then he's done one called Against the Stream, which is um, like a Buddhist manual. Um, that's really good, too, yeah. His, yeah, yeah, and Heart of the Revolution. Yeah. yeah, so he's got four really solid books. But yeah. for me, I think I had to choose Dharma Punks just because I think you said before we came on, on air, really, that it, yeah. um, it kind of, it was such a link for you and me. Yeah. On Obviously, we've had such a strong friendship, but this actual, we want to take our friendship almost to that next level of yeah. that self-awareness. That like going steady. Inwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You didn't buy me an eternity ring, but no, I'll take. No. Well, you didn't give me your Letterman jacket stuff. either. <laughs> Next but, time, brother. Yeah, but, but yeah, I think we've got, we've I got I, matching tattoos anyway. Yeah, brother. yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Dharma Punks is one of those great books that even if you're not um, a Buddhist or a follower, Noah writes in a way that is it, it captivates you in such a way you just don't want to put it down. Um, yeah, it's one yeah, of those his, books his that is just life, beautiful. His, yeah. yeah, the story is it just comes to life, really. Yeah. His life oh, is fucking interesting. Yeah, like he's, his a, he's time an in India guy, and stuff yeah. as well. Yeah, so yeah, great book, really. Yeah, it's brilliant. For and sure. it's, it's, it's one that, like, I mean, I read it for 12 years ago now, 11 years ago, something like that. About almost to, to this month, like, I read it in when I went to Morocco, um, and yeah, fascinating. So good, and and definitely a book that impacted me enough to to recommend it to you. Some sort of like eight or nine years later. Yeah, you it's know. amazing, isn't it? It is, and it it's really is. because we didn't even know one another then. No, and this so is it. it yeah. but it did in a way kind of um, deepen our friendship. I think just the I more we so. both went in. Yeah, and I, like I said, I think with with Noah is such a genuinely beautiful human being that. Mm. Um, it, it's he's just yeah he's he's right right up there. there's people that i i i you know I, I don't put them on pedestals that's wrong but i there's people that i really do admire in that um in that spiritual community and he's definitely up there yeah he's just yeah. so real that's the yeah. thing he he he's relatable that's the Absolutely. word for me yeah completely relatable yeah. so yeah very very definitely. much so sweet yeah. so yeah guys check out um dharma punks by noah levine 
So my next book is um, my namesake. It's I and John, Men and Masculinity by Robert Bly. Mm. Um, now, like, like a lot of the books, there's suggestions and recommendations from my wife, who is very well read. Um, and she just devours these sorts of things. But this one, um, she, she, she read something about it, and she, she actually bought me a copy for Christmas uh, a couple of years ago. Nice. Um, and it's a fascinating book. And basically, it takes sort of like, look, it's a look at masculinity, but through um, children's stories. Oh, amazing. Um, like the pillow and the key um, and so forth. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's very well read. It's very well put together. Robert Bly is a fascinating man. And a, it, it's, it's, it's all based around the Grimm Brothers tales. And um, it's quite a heavy book for me. I found it quite heavy reading mm. it. Um, it made me want to stop and analyze a lot of my behaviors as I went through it. Um, but it's also really healthy in the sense that it, it's a book looking at masculinity. Um, in yeah. a healthy way, opposed to watching football, drinking, bearing, you know, shagging birds, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, so this is, it's just a fascinating read. It, it's one of those ones, it's really hard to actually explain it. It's really, the best way I could say is read it. Um, yeah, I was going to say, does it look at the kind of the balance between the masculine and the feminine within each of us? Absolutely, yeah. But it it, to, it, it basically talks about healthy masculinity, mm. um, and it's there is a a great YouTube video, uh, a couple of guys on YouTube who talk about you know mental health within the the cinema. They're, one's a film critic and one is a um, a psychologist. Yeah, and they've name checked it a couple of times. But they, they, particularly in an episode where they talk about how um, uh, Viggo Mortensen's character in Lord of the Rings is the perfect man, because right. in in one sense he will openly weep, go to war to protect those he loves, and then sing to the woman that he loves in front of a room full of men. You know, yeah. like, and he he's just so in touch with who he is and his masculinity. And like the feminine element of it, um, mm, and this book, elements. yeah, and this book kind of is the same thing, but it breaks it down and and, and explains things in a way that you'll understand. But I, I found that when I read it, I would reread sort of paragraph over and over again to make sure it was really sinking into me, mm. just because I I think it's probably one of the most important books for men. You know, and if you're mm. if you are you know if you're if you're not a man, I still encourage you to read it because it may help you um, just to understand men a little better. Yeah, um, but yeah, absolutely <laughs> fascinating. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a bestseller. It's been around for a while, but yeah, Iron John: Men and Masculinity by Robert Bly. Perfect. Yeah. Ah, okay. Thank you. Now, the next book that I'm going to talk about is it's almost like too obvious but just because something's obvious doesn't mean that we shouldn't actually give it the recognition it deserves and maybe for someone they won't know it but basically the reason I say it's too obvious is because pretty much anyone you ever talk to who is looking at themselves is probably 
you know, looking internally, spiritually, or in a book, which way you want to describe it. If you say Eckhart Tolle, they're going to yeah. either have read um, The Power of Now or A New Earth. Yeah. Um, but like I said, just because that's obvious, not everyone's going to know. And um, in terms of, I, d- I don't probably almost secular. I don't think, I mean, you just talk about God, but it's for the most part just secular mindfulness that yeah. the books, both New Earth and Power of Now, um, describe. And it's just, it's perfectly simple but yet so hard to do. Yeah. And so basically both the, the premise of both of his books are be present. There is no past. There is no future. Just be in the present. And if you are, and if you're not associated with ego, then you're going to be happy. And like fundamentally, I don't see how anyone could argue against anything that Tolly says. It's yeah. the delivery and the consistency that's difficult to, to not be your past traumas, to not, um, carry your worries to not project a future to not you know um eulogize or um punish yourself over the past but the books really clearly illustrate um the importance of the present moment of being mindful of acceptance and yeah and like i said it's i mean he does talk about um jesus he does talk a little bit about buddha and i think other religions as well but for the most part it, it is just secular it's you don't have to have any faith any belief system other than now is the only thing that we have yeah he's but, very know. honest with it as well isn't he yeah yeah you know. well i mean he talks he talked i suppose similarly to buddha he talks about um enlightenment but he said that's no great thing or it's no thing it just means that the death of my ego yeah you know he said my ego died and um so now i don't worry about it Mm. And and like he doesn't see himself as like a great spiritual leader or a, a Buddha or anyone like that. He just he wouldn't even really call himself an enlightened being. He just said that, that I no longer associate with my ego. That yeah. part of me died, which yeah yeah is amazing. And I think for me, I, I I read the power of now was sort of my first introduction into that thought process as well. Yeah, you know, um, and I, I think he's a, he's a remarkable man. He's great to he watch is. as well if you ever get the opportunity. Oh, he's so funny, isn't he? He's very dry. <laughs> funny, eh? Yeah. 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 And I think the other thing about him is that it is so obvious that everything that he does, everything he says is heart-led. Like there yeah. is no ego. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously making an awful lot of money now, but yeah. he's not flash and he, he just – He's authentic, I suppose. Yes, yes. He's quite I, clear. I find him to be one of the realest pe- people you ever encounter. You've shown in the men's group a couple of times now a video of him talking about happiness. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite things to watch. And it's he sits there and um, he said he was at a conference and somebody stood and asked, um, I'm constantly thinking about ways to be happy. Like I'm trying to work towards it. I'm always thinking, but I just can't get there. What am I doing wrong? And he just replies, stop thinking about it. <laughs> but he <laughs> laughs true. first, does that little chuckle. And then he says, stop thinking about it. <laughs> just being. Yeah. And it's that moment. I think I, I really sort of fell in love with him because he, like it was kind of obvious, but we're so wrapped up in it. And, He's just so aware and so yeah. yeah, enlightened is probably the perfect word. Yeah, uh, he is. It, it, yeah. It's that thing, isn't it, that we already are. 
in yeah. every respect. And yeah, Technot Han is so good at illustrating that as well, who he was. Yeah. Um, but luckily, his legacy goes on with a number of books. Yeah, so well, I haven't talked about Technot Han, but there's yeah. so much good about him. Yeah. But yeah, he just clearly says you already, you know, yeah. the enlightenment's already there for you. You just got to know it. Well, yeah, the, the great quote that I get a lot from is from Picasso, who sped, says, you spend the first half of your life trying to be an adult and the second half of your life trying to be the child. Mm. And it's like there's nothing more pure than, than a child. And, I, you know, you, you read it all the time through social media. When you're, you're working through all of these traumas, you're not actually trying to, to, to change yourself. You're actually trying to get back to what you were, that pure. Yeah. And that's what, for me, Tale sums up regularly, you know. But, yeah, remarkable man. Definitely. Yeah. So my next book, probably a lot of people, I kind of, when, when, we, when we decided to pick out books, I've got to be honest, I did go for ones that people would really connect to and could find quite easily. Yeah. Um, and this one is definitely one that you should be able to find in, in probably Waterstones or your local bookstore or, or online if you have to go to that horrible demon that is Amazon. Um, <laughs> but it's it's called Daring Greatly, and it's by the wonderful Brené Brown. Mm. Um, um, I find uh, Brené Brown to be one of the most amazing human beings on the planet. I think she's absolutely phenomenal um when i like i've i've seen her ted talks i've listened to her podcast um she's got great taste in music as well um <laughs> but she is just a remarkable lady and this book is is just it's brilliant and the way i read this book wasn't like from the front to the back it was rather that i was like skimming through it and then i found i got caught by something and i would read like that chapter and then I'd skim through it. And so I've read it all over the place in, in different orders. Mm. Um, but I just find it really brilliant. So Daring Greatly by Brandon Brown. And it really is um, how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love, parent, and lead. Mm. And we talk all the time about vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I talk with my wife about it all the time. And when, when there is um, conflict, that vulnerability will like diminish that that conflict almost immediately. Mm. It's 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 the key to a happy life and healthy relationship to me. Yeah, um, and often like I like I can't I like if we had a pound for every time you and I have talk about vulnerability, we'd be millionaires. <laughs> True story. Yeah, absolutely. But um, and she's just so she's so good at, at talking about it and putting it forward. And she, well, she's an expert. She did a study on it. Um, mm. And one of the things I love about her, and she talks about it in the book and she's talked about it in a, a podcast and she's talked about it on her TED talk. And it's about how she says to be vulnerable, puts you in the game. You're in the ring, you know, yeah. because when you're vulnerable, you are susceptible to, to pain, but you're in the fight. You know, you're in the ring. Yeah. You're actually going for it. And if you're building up this this barrier around you, then you're not involved. You're not you're not part of the game. So you, you, you're missing out. And um, yeah. I think she's just remarkable. Like I like if I could have like a guest on on our on our podcast, it, it would be her in a heartbeat. 
Oh, maybe one day we will, brother. Yeah, I, th- I think she's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I admire her immensely. I think she's just, she writes in a beautiful way. She's funny. Um, I, one of her stories, I often use it in when we talk about stories in our head and that way it leads. She, she explained it better than any human being I've ever encountered. That's the swimming one. That is the swimming one, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's, it's so good. It's so important. Oh, um, do you want to say that one quickly? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So basically, her and her, um, her husband or a partner, um, they've been together for many years, and they were both um, swimmers in college. Now, I think Brené Brown is in her, her late 40s now. I'm not 100% sure. But subsequently, they were staying up at uh, a lake, in a lake house, and they had their like kids with them and that, and her and her partner had gone for a swim, and he seemed really distracted. And she said she was wearing a like a like a speedo swim costume, and she didn't normally wear anything. She felt quite vulnerable in what she was wearing, and she thought that his distraction was um, she she didn't he didn't he didn't see her as attractive, and he was disturbed mm-hmm. by what she was wearing. And this was the story that she was telling herself in her head. So they were swimming, and she she told, she says, oh, "Are you okay?" And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "He's sort of like distracted by it." And then they carry on swimming, um, and then finally she says to him, "Look, I, the story in my head is that you're seeing me in this swimsuit, and you're you're thinking, oh my god, what are you wearing? You look horrific, and all this sort of stuff.'" And um, and he turns around and says, "No," he says, "I was having a panic attack." Mm. He said, I was getting stressed. I was thinking about the kids and how I've got to watch them. And then he said, the anxiety was overflowing and building up at me. And I was having like a panic attack. So all I could do was focus on my stroke. That's what I was doing. And, mm. and it's such a, like the fact that she's so open and vulnerable about telling that story, I think is just phenomenal. And like, let's yeah, get it right. So brave. She told that story like to literally a million people have watched or seen her you know mm. um but you know realistically that's just absolutely remarkable and nothing sums up better the stories in our head than that and and that for sure and i often like my, my my wife and i if we're having those moments we will say hey the story in my head is telling me this yeah and the the minute we've had that discussion it just evaporates good yeah yeah right so the the book is it more like a workbook um what's the structure of it so not as such i mean she has like like practices that you can do and things to to recognize she talks about shame she is a shame expert as she'll tell you and and um but really it it it's breaking it down and, and letting you understand why your mind works the way it does and and how to overcome it um and so there's there's little things in there. She's giving you hints and 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 thought processes, so you've got them in your arsenal, you know, for when those mm-hmm. situations arise. But like like a lot like Bradshaw's book, um, it, it's another one of like it's a, like a little Bible that you can carry with you on your journey. Nice. Um, and it, it's it, she and she writes really easily and well, and it must be that Texas thing, you know. Like, yeah you know like a like my wife and i read matthew mcgonaghy's book and once again it's that texas element to it that just is you know it's kind of cool laid back right. yeah yeah she's pretty chill isn't she she's amazing awesome 
Thank you for that. Yeah, so my next one is a book that uh, you'll know from the men's circle I've talked about a lot. Um, in fact, I could have chosen one of many. I've actually got two of this dude's books because um, one's a children's book that I'm actually going to read a little bit of because I yeah, think please. for any parents out there, it's, it's as good a book as I've ever read for children. Mm. And so, yeah, we'll go into that later. But So he is a guy called Jamal Yogis who is a surfer, a really a shit hot surfer like um he is a zen buddhist and a journalist and he's done a lot of remarkable things and the first book that he wrote was called the saltwater buddha which is basically a memoir like um noah levine's dharma punks but i'm not going to talk about that one because the next book or i don't know if it was the next or this he's written for i think so it might have been the third book but it's called the fear project and what i really loved so much about this book is that it actually, it really looks at a kind of a holistic way that our mind works. So he spent a couple of years working with neuroscientists. He he, he literally looks into um, the way that our amygdala works, so the kind of reptilian brain. Yeah. Also how meditation can change your mind, um, the, the, the prefrontal cortex and stuff. And um, he it culminates in him looking to basically overcome fear to ride Mavericks, which is in um, Northern California by Santa Cruz. It's yeah. one of the heaviest waves in the world that's claimed the lives of quite a few surfers. And and he just looks into the way that fear works with love, fear works with, um, yeah, overcoming stuff like dropping in on a wave or jumping out of an airplane. And he explains it so you get the neuroscience, but you also get the spiritual side. And I love the way that he marries them both together and um, even talks about love in, in great detail. Like part of the book, he's looking to propose to his wife. And um, well, it wasn't his wife at the time, obviously, but, you know, proposing to his girl who became his wife and and how those fears overcome you. But how, again, like with um, with anything, when you understand that's the way that your mind is working, it becomes less personal. And one of the big things about the book that I really appreciated as well is that it really talks about that our bodies, our minds are built for survival, not happiness. Like we're always looking for sense pleasures. We always have aversion to pain and discomfort, but our bodies don't really give a shit about that. We are programmed to survive. And so survival will quite often be pessimistic in terms of you know our bodies the way that they would want us to work is to keep us safe to keep us alive so when we're having these negative thoughts it's actually just a pre-programmed thing and so once you actually understand that that it's not that personal it it kind of um it separates you from that oh why am i always down why am i always depressed now obviously clinical depression and stuff i'm not i'm not saying that's an easy thing to deal with but no, that when we understand that our minds are doing these things to keep us safe from a, a prehistoric type time, whatever, when, you know, we were cavemen and the fear was of death all the time. We're not, we've evolved from that. Our brains have grown from that, but still our reptilian brain, our, our, the programming within our bodies is still there. Still so fighting found like that, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the kind of the fight or flight, the amygdala, yeah. the way that that works is faster than any cognitive thought. It has to be because it has to pump the adrenaline to our external organs, you know, to our legs, yeah. etc., so yeah. we can run or fight or freezes, obviously the other yeah. thing that we do. So yeah, it just, it really kind of resonated with me and he does it in a funny way. Obviously he's a surfer, so I'm going to dig that as well, but you certainly don't have to be a surfer to appreciate his book. Yeah. 
and it really gives you a lot of the neuroscience and little bits that I didn't realize. Like um, there's been some studies that have done neuroscientific studies of um, testing gamma waves on Buddhists. So Buddhist monks who have like, you know, like 10,000 hours on the mat, 10,000 hours of meditation. Wow. And that when they, they studied the gamma waves of the monks and then compared them to householders that didn't meditate, the um, the waves that they would produce whilst meditation, whilst sending, uh, meditating, so sending out metta, you know, this unconditional kindness, the friendliness to everyone, was 30 times stronger. So it's wow. kind of conclusive proof that meditation can actually change your neural pathways and the way that you feel. Yeah. You can actually make yourself happier. That's crazy, 30 meditation. times more, though. Yeah. That's and, a and huge that, amount. That's, yeah, scientifically proven, you know. Yeah. So, and I love that as well because I have faith in meditation, faith in mindfulness, because I've seen in my own real time experience that it's made my life easier. Mm. But also, not that it matters to me, but to see some science that's actually saying, well, yeah, we're looking at these monks and what they're doing is changing the kind of the brain waves. It's, yeah, it's kind it's of cool, though, isn't it? It's remarkable stuff. Yeah, and, it yeah. is. And I, I have actually got the Saltwater Buddha. It's on my, my shelf. It's in my stack that I'm getting ready to read, actually. Oh, I so, think you love it. Yeah. So the Saltwater Buddha, like I said, that uh, that would have been what I'd have probably talked about. It's yeah. a compelling read. It's so easy reading. It's, you know, I mean, he, he literally leaves home at 16 from Santa Cruz in this beautiful seaside town, goes over to Maui, you know, yeah. in Hawaii without telling his parents, and then yeah. steals... Um, pineapples and learns to surf on some of the gnarliest shore breaks in Hokipo wow. in a, yeah. a town called Pai. So yeah, it, um, it's just beautiful. And Crazy. you can, you kind of, you can put yourself in that position of wanting to go and experience life and then being shit scared. But he found meditation, he found Zen Buddhism and um, beautiful. Yeah. Still practices to today. And there's, okay. there's actually a saltwater Buddha um, documentary as well. That's well worth watching. Yeah. That I think you can get for free if you just put in Saltwater Buddha on YouTube Jumari or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think whether you're into Buddhism, whether you're into neuroscience, whether you're into just um understanding the workings of your brain a little bit more, that book's well worth reading for sure. Sounds like it. Yeah. So my 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 next book is um another another great um female author. Um and she's pretty famous on on social media. She's yeah. the um, Dr. Nicole LaPera, aka yeah. the holistic psychologist. Mm. And we've talked about her lots and lots and lots. Um, yeah, I think she's amazing. I think she's absolutely phenomenal for what she's she's done for for people on the internet. She's 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 really quite a remarkable lady in my mind. Um, yeah, and her book is brilliant. And her book is a workbook. There is tasks for you to do in there and bits for you to fill in and and so forth but it's also very much like her her, her instagram account or her, if you receive her emails or her, her youtube videos um and it's really easy to read and she's really lovely um and that comes across in the book and one of the things i love about her and the same with with Brené brown and bradshaw uh, is that they're people that and 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 Noah as well. They're people that go. You can do this because I've done it. Yeah, I've I've been where you are right now. I've had to work through my traumas and my addictions and my issues to get where I am now. 
and you can do it too. And, and it makes it so much more relatable for us. I, I think it's, um, it's, it's, it just makes, like I say, that relatability is huge for me. And I think yeah. she's a remarkable woman um, doing some great work. And um, I know in the States, she often like will leave copies of this book. She left loads, didn't she? Hundreds. Yeah, I like, think, literally didn't... hundreds and hundreds all over. It was in LA. She, I think yeah. she's done in LA and Arizona and multiple places. Wow. Um, so, and I really appreciate that about her because we've often discussed about how we're kind of against spirituality coming with a financial cost. Yeah. Fully. Or recovery or, you, you know, or, or spiritual growth or, or your trauma recovery. I don't think there should be a cost put to it. Un- unfortunately, there is. You know, if you need a therapist, you do have to pay for it. If, you know, if you want to buy a book, you have to pay for it. But she's phenomenal that she'll do that, that she just pops those for people to come and find. And I really appreciate that element of, of her. And, um, yeah, she's, she, it's, it's a great book. She's a great person. Um, I'd encourage everybody to gra- grab a copy of this. Um, and her, her sort of hashtag self-healers, I firmly yeah. believe that. Because although we, you know, both of us have, have a therapist and um, who we'll go to as and when we need, and that's wonderful and we have to pay for that. But subsequently, you do the work. Yeah. You know, and that's what she's saying is that, you know, you, you have the ability to heal yourself. And, and I really there's appreciate that. There's also such power in that. That is empowering. Absolutely. You know, if we're always looking to others to fix us, then... There well, is no pattern, and the same yeah. in relation, relating as well, isn't Absolutely. it? That we have Absolutely. to actually, we have to take the the kind of the supportive role, but not the fixing. Not Absolutely, the... yeah. Absolutely. My my yeah. I, I, my belief is that you know when we do something for somebody, even if it's our child, you know, and we think we're being good parent, we're taking that power away from them. Mm. You know, and you know if you think about your let's say your 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 three-year-old simon making a piece of toast yeah now you could make her a piece of toast and it take 30 seconds you know buttering a piece of toast say but for her to do it it might take her like 10 minutes but how fucking great will she feel when she's sitting there eating that piece of toast knowing that she put the butter on it and she spread it all yeah you know and that's actually it's a funny one with her because she is so independent and really wants to do everything. And it actually, it mirrors for me my want to be in control because like we'll make a cake, I'll make banana bread, you know, on a fairly regular basis. And if she's going to stir the mixture, then it's going to go on the floor. It's going to go on the side. (laughs) And it's far easier for her to just watch. But that inclusivity with her, that ability for her to kind of put the ingredients in and to, to be part of it is so important. And, yeah. Does it matter if it makes a mess? Of course it doesn't. But I'm still twitchy as hell from it. And I have to own that, honor <laughs> yeah. it, but just uh, accept that, it's yeah, it's going to be dude. a fucking mess, really. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. I think I think that's what's so beautiful about it, how great she feels afterwards. And my my wife uh, was an early years teacher in New Zealand for a while. And um, yeah. the New Zealand way of doing things in the in the preschool is like let the kids get on with it, you know? They'll, they'll yeah. you know, they learn how to do stuff. And they do a lot of the things themselves. And I think that's super cool. And then when we came back to the, here to the UK, she was at a family gathering and 
her niece, who I think is about seven, and there was a, like a birthday cake. And she came up to and said to Sarah, like, um, oh, I want some birthday cake. And so Sarah gave her the knife and said, okay, well, you cut yourself some birthday cake, you know? Yeah. And, and like, so she cut a slice of birthday cake, put it on her plate and walked away. Like, and not like a, using a stupidly sharp knife or anything, but a knife enough to cut through a Colin the yeah. Caterpillar cake, you know? <laughs> and um, I think I think she said it was her, her dad or something, or it might have been her mom, who was just like, oh, my God, you let her use a knife to cut a cake? And it's like, she's seven. She can figure that shit out, you know? Yeah. She knows what the sharp end is and what the non-sharp end is. You know, you figure that out by the time you're seven. But Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, I let lunabelle cut stuff obviously i supervise it and Absolutely. it's not a sharp knife but she'll cut up a carrot or something yeah and that's fine that's how it should be because how how fucking great do they feel like sarah's niece walked away going yeah look i fucking cut that cake <laughs> that shit's fine yeah right. of course yeah. i gotta be honest like she won't eat the bloody carrot at the moment <laughs> i don't want it it's vegetables i don't want to eat that shit yeah. but at least yeah. she'll cut it yeah so, she'll get something yeah yeah well, I suppose that leads us quite um, succinctly on to my next book. Yeah. And as I said, um, I'm going to read a little bit from it. So Jamal Yogis has also written two children's books. The first one entitled Mop Rides the Waves of Life. And then the second one, <laughs> I like Mop that. Rides the Waves of Change. And it's yeah. basically, it's a children's book. I read it with Luna all the time. And it's so cute because it starts like um, he's got a big mop of hair, like big hair. And she actually, she'll say it. She, she just can't read, but she'll say it. She knows yeah. it so well. And it's, um, hi, I'm Mop. People call me Mop because, well, yeah. And she just says that. <laughs> and she can, like, like parrot fashion, just say it over and over. I love that. But, yeah, the, the thing about it is um, the, it's quite clearly teaching kids to understand their emotions to mm. understand that it, it, basically it's always the wave analogy of the, yeah. the emotions come and the emotions go and you can ride them and know that they will change so i'm just <clears> going <throat> to read a little bit from it it's Please beautiful do. so basically mops how he had a good start to his week but then by the end of the week it's got a bit shit and so finally this is what happens but finally after school mom took me surfing mop mom said you're a great surfer but you can learn to surf life too. Surf life, I laughed. That sounds hokey. <laughs> Have you tried? Mum smiled. Not exactly, I said. You start by feeling your breath go in and out like the tides. Breathing mindfully helps you notice the emotional waves inside. Feels like floating on my board, I said. So when you feel bad, don't be scared. Stormy waves are natural, like fear, anger and sadness. Just breathe and let those waves pass. Like the ocean, your mind is always changing. And if a scary, grouchy, sad, mad wave catches you in its grip, it's okay. Falling is the best way to learn. When happy feelings come, enjoy them. But when happy feelings go, smile and keep paddling. There are always more good waves coming. I get it, Mom, I said. Ride the good waves and let the bad ones cruise by. That's right, Mop, Mom said. And it goes on like that. And it's just beautiful. It really, it's simple, but yeah. so, so effective. And um, so, yeah, so that's the first one. And that's just looking at mindfulness within everyday life for, a, it's basically aimed at a primary school child. 
um, and then the second one, Mop Rides the Waves of Change, is about climate change and um, rubbish on the beach. And and again, it, it goes into the mindfulness of emotions because Mop gets quite angry because there's rubbish all over the beach. And I so like and they, they do a beach clean and have a little... Um, they've got these this band called the coconut heads and they perform on the beach but they say that to get into the gig you have to bring some trash like a, a box oh, it up trash here, yeah. yeah and then they get free entry so they're just two beautiful books and you know i mean there's there's so many beautiful stories out there and everyone's yeah. read the gruffalo or whatever and they're great but it's just so nice to to know now that there are some books coming out that are actually looking at mental health and yeah, I mean teaching kids ha- how to honor navigate, and um, yeah. deal, yeah, navigate their own emotions because it it's, it's like, difficult. Like Toby Morse, the lead singer of H two O, did one with the uh, um, uh, just before Christmas, one life, one chance. Yeah, yeah, which is brilliant. Yeah, and, sure. and we both bought copies. I mean, I don't, I don't have any little kids at home anymore. My youngest is is eleven, um, so he's yeah. not going to be reading that one. But I, I think truthfully, that was brilliant and. Toby Morse is, a, is one of those. He's the king of PMA. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a beautiful book. And the guys that did that, he created, I think they're, they're called, um, are now doing one with Stevie Caballero. Oh, the skateboarder. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, PMA, Positive Mental Attitude. And yes. Yeah. Toby Morse, lead singer of the hardcore band H2O. And yeah. he has this One Life, One Chance foundation. And he's been straight edge his whole life, hasn't he? And he has, yeah. He and just looks to put out positivity to the world, really. Yeah. He's a, he's a really interesting character. And I've had the, the pleasure of having a, a chat with him now. And um, mm. yeah, brilliant guy. The, but the, the, the guys who did the book, and I'm pretty sure that it's, it's called He Creative. They've done, um, they've done, they did that one, and it's obviously done really, really well. And then they've got this, this one with Steve Caballero coming out, the skateboarder, and they've got one called "I've Got the PMA Coming." Um, nice. Oh, it's out now, and that's written by HR from Bad Breaks. No way. Yeah. So super. Like, but I think they've done a few others as well. I'm not 100 sure, but I, I think if you jump on their Instagram, maybe we'll put a link in it. Or something. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think actually the He Creative, he's the illustrator, yeah. and then it's forwarded by forwarded by Josh Brolin, uh, who the actor. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. Absolutely amazing stuff. So yeah, really worth a look. And it, like you said, it's like books like The Gruffalo are brilliant, and it's kind, but it is great to 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 get our kids on on a pathway now of of much more like prominent mental health and and um, spirituality and just inner growth and, and allowing them those emotions and so forth so uh, dude i can't even like this is i'd like actually i think we'll do we'll jump on and do a podcast one time about this because i think it's so so important that um you know i look at my own upbringing and yeah and also the, the way that i started bringing up my own kids oh, for know, sure. 10 15 years ago yeah. and that there's, there's always that thing of just getting kids to suppress their emotions yeah. to not actually just, do you know what, if you want to have a fucking meltdown, have a meltdown that is absolutely fine to, yeah. it's not shh, 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 because you're embarrassing me, you know, it's not the dumb thing, just sit at the table, oh. um, I can plug you into a phone or whatever, just something yeah. so you're, you're compliant. But I have um, so much guilt attached to the fact that when my kids were little and, and I would try and, uh, you know, do that, same thing that was done to me. You know, they'd fall and try and like take their mind off the fact that they were in pain. But like, let yeah. them have that pain. That pain is real, you know. Yeah. And and it's like, oh wow. But live and learn. 
you know yeah of course <laughs> we're at the level yeah. of consciousness that we're at now and i think the the most important thing that, that we both feel completely is that wherever we were at we're at where we are now and that we're gonna honor our emotions and absolutely yeah. be the best versions of ourselves in our parenting and also as we always say own our shit so yeah like you've had those conversations with your children i've had them with mine of like yeah. do you know what i'm sorry if i acted unskillfully in the past i'm sorry if i didn't listen to your emotions or honor yeah. how you felt and belittled and yeah. told you you were fine or you weren't scared or you weren't hungry or whatever i don't feel like that now and i will always listen to you and try and yeah. be as compassionate and heart-led as is possible yeah and, and that's all we can do really absolutely and it's difficult for the for your kids as well because they're like well you're saying that, but your history says you've done all these things, <laughs> you know, so it's how you show up now, I think is the big one. And always, you know, and that's important. But, Definitely. Uh, uh, I'm going to throw in my last book now, which is a little bit different to all the others. And I think I said this to you before we, we started recording. Um, and it's, it's called the Hoffman process. Yeah. It's, it's by Tim Lawrence, but it is based on John Hoffman's process. And for those who don't know, John Hoffman is a, a relationship expert. Um, yeah. And I think it the thing is he can meet a couple and figure out whether they're going to be like they've got what it will take to last within 90 seconds or something mad. Like really? That. Yeah. He's, a, he's mad, a, isn't it? Yeah. He's an interesting guy, pretty, pretty um, remarkable. Um, he also openly talks about the fact that I think he's been married multiple times, so it took him a while to figure it out. Um <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, he does. He does. He is. I mean, he's pretty special. Um, and this is a great process. So, it, although I mean, if you're single, you could still read it for sure. But I think it's definitely a beneficial one for you if you're in a relationship. Yeah. Um, uh, and and there's a lot of tasks uh, that Hoffman does, uh, and they're in the book, and you can download them off his website as well to help you you know grow your relationship he has a, a social media presence he is on instagram the Hoffman, a group is on instagram and they do great little things on there as well which is super beneficial yeah so oh, I know, amazing yeah so you, lot, you can work through it as a couple and it, absolutely it yeah 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 for sure and it's really cool and like i said he's a he's a pretty interesting guy and he's quite funny in his sense um about his own take on things um but yeah, he's but he spent a lifetime doing research into couples, and one of my favourite things because he was a, like a, a psychologist counsellor, I believe as well. And there is the one story I've told, I think I've told you about the couple who can't get their their shit together, and and one of them is they'll go to a party, and this guy will the the man will flirt and chat with other women, and then the woman will be like, um, uh, you know, I, I I'm going to leave you. I can get somebody better than you. You're just not good enough for me. And um, they, this couple have gone to, to Hoffman and, and uh, said, yeah, we're, we're not working. Like, this isn't working, you know, you being a therapist or whatever. So yeah. he just asks them that one question like this, you know, this, this party thing. And they tell him that, like, he'll go to a party, he'll flirt. And she'll be like, well, fuck you, I can leave you and I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get somebody better. And he goes, okay, I've heard everything I need to hear. And they're like, why? He says, well, I can't help you because you already have one foot out of the relationship. Both mm. of you have one foot out because he, this is guy over here who's always looking at other women because he thinks he can do better. And you're already there packing your bags, getting ready to leave because you think you can do better. So I can't help that. I can't help you. And I yeah. always think about that. Like, you know, like 
how many of us have a relationship but one foot's out of the relationship yeah you know yeah actually i was going to say that because it as you were talking about the relationship book i think it's quite easy to to have this kind of concept of that oh you're only going to work on the relationship if there's something wrong absolutely and yeah it's just that's such bullshit it's like yeah. you have to work on anything oh for you sure. know yeah. for, you know you don't get fitter by unless you work out you know yeah. you don't get mental clarity unless you're going to do stuff that's going to nourish yourself and the same with the relationship it doesn't mean you have to overanalyze and psychoanalyze everything but huh. you do the work together you do the work individually but you work together to nourish one another so yeah a book that supports that or the Gottman Institute or whatever you know yeah. these things that support positivity within relationships like it it shouldn't just be oh we're about to end so now we'll start to work on it it's like no no it's a daily practice of honoring one another of validating one another of listening and, and as you always say and i think it's such a beautiful thing you know understanding your partner's traumas is probably the ultimate love language i think so yeah and that's that was taken from um uh dr nicole lapera uh, you know the yeah. Psychologist. yeah she's amazing she, yeah and i think like that's absolutely 100 percent accurate is seeing your your partner in their trauma and knowing that they might not be let's say prickly you know yeah um that but you still love them and you still see them for who they are knowing that they're in that point where they're they're going through pain and and, and, and really having a hard time that's a huge love language huge yeah. Uh, it's, yeah it's the ultimate well yeah i think i said to you before i like i feel like this is the first time i'm in an adult relationship now yeah, with, with Daisy in the yeah. the whole of my life, and I think yeah. the biggest thing, you know, I'm not putting that on any of the other the people that I've known, but it's me that, that's changed. Obviously, the way that she is is phenomenal, but yeah. you know, I no longer resort to protest behaviors. I'm no longer blaming her for my emotions. She yeah. gives me the space to say how I feel, and we move through anything, and vice yeah. versa. And it's it's so beautiful, and that. That to me is the crux of it that you've got to be open and honest and vulnerable and yeah. I don't think I ever was before. So yeah. I'm also, kind of sad to say. Yeah, I think I think that's the same. I, I remember watching Will Smith and his wife, um what of the names escapes me right now. Jada, Jada Pinkett. Yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith. And them doing one of their red table talks, which are all really really interesting. And I think he says in it, he says, you know, or she might have done actually like 25 30 years together and we're finally having an adult relationship yeah i, I, like, I get that completely. i so feel like that yeah 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 it's I like, get shit, this is this is what a healthy relationship looks like yeah <laughs> what the fuck did it take me 46 years yeah also i'd just like to correct myself i called it hoffman and it's not hoffman it's gottman <laughs> like i had a moment there so it's, the, uh, it's, it's john gottman not hoffman. it is gottman as yeah. It, yeah the gottman institute yes yeah. yeah so i do apologize um but yeah no, well we're going to write this down in the yeah. show notes anyway yeah cool so yeah so my last book i there were there's so many that i could choose from but i really like this one and i suppose it kind of links well not suppose it completely links in with noah levine because yeah. it's a book that his father wrote but what i love about it it's called a year to live how to live this year as if it were your last and it also synchronistically works in because as part of dharma punks um noah talks about that he works through this and it's literally 
working out a year as if everything you were doing that was your last year that you're going to do it in wow i suppose similarly to you know a new earth and yeah. power of now it is about being present and you know if you really had a year to to live would you be sweating about uh oh, my mm-hmm. belly's a bit bigger than i wanted it to be or i'm yeah. earning a little less money than i wanted to or i'm not going out as often as i could you know you you just wouldn't be sweating the things you'd be living life rather than worrying about life. Absolutely. Enjoying what you have and what's going on. So that's a, that's kind of, it's like a workbook, but it, it's a, a workbook that you can actually really get into and, and live it. That's the point of it. Yeah. So yeah, I've not really got much more to say about that because I think that sums it up quite well though. Yeah. You know, like, like you said, it's like if you, if you've got 12 months left, you're really not going to sweat the small stuff. No. And, uh, you know, I, t- I try and tell myself that. I've had a, a few friends, you know, people quite a lot younger than me that have died yeah. in recent times. And as you know, I went to my friend's funeral. He was 30. Mm. Like, scary as hell. And it was a beautiful funeral. but It's, it's a funeral know, it, nonetheless, it just, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he lived life to the full. And, yeah, I yeah. forget about you, Matt. But, um what that really does it punctuates your own life and obviously we, we can't help but turn turn inwards at that time and yeah i don't mean that in a selfish way but at those points you really do think i'm not going to sweat the little things but it it just helps sometimes to to really remind ourselves of that yeah. and to, to move towards being present and you know i just got a tattoo and, and daisy got a tattoo as well that says heart led and i that is what i'm really trying to live and, and she always says, are these actions coming from your heart or your mind? You know, is it ego based or is it heart based? And if we can always come to that, to being present and being heart led, then we're yeah. not going to go far wrong. And this a year to live again focuses on that. Yeah. How can you do everything authentically? It's a bit like that quote from um, Henry Rollins, isn't it? There's no such thing as spare time. No such thing as free time. No such thing as downtime. All you've got is lifetime. Go. Yeah you know yeah and i, yeah, I think definitely. That's, that pretty much sums it up definitely brilliant yeah. well yeah you've given me some books that i want to read Did for, I? yeah me too sure man. really yeah. so yeah so we'll put them in the, the show notes and yeah. um yeah and any feedback from anyone if they've read the books or if they're going to read the books afterwards we'd love yeah. to hear from you guys really absolutely that'd be i brilliant. mean i'd like on, and on that note as well if anybody like would like us to talk to guests or something then drop us a, a message, you know, um, because we, we go out of our way to find some guests that we think are really interesting. Um, but if maybe there's somebody that you'd like us to talk to. So if we can, we will, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm always keen to have a chat with somebody I've not met before. Yeah. That, well, we love to talk. I think yeah, our true. listeners will have worked that out by now, brother. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's end with our prayer as we always do. And um, yeah. So much love to everyone. May any goodness that comes from our practice be shared outwards in all directions, and together may we create a positive change on this planet. Excellent. Thank you, brother. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, I love you, brother. You take it easy.